Hello, and welcome to Gotta Get Out of Touch, a Holland Oats retrospective podcast. <laughs> Are you hosting this episode, Adam? <laughs> no, but I really wanted to make that joke. Well, today is, uh, well, we're still actually gonna get out of this town of 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective, and today we're on the emo pop side of the spectrum. I don't know if I'd call this pop. <laughs> Pop implies an energy that we don't have in any of these tracks. Well, it's not emo core, so how would you want to call it? Emo crime. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. It is definitely liking in the core side of emo core. There's no hardcore influences anywhere on this record. No one even picks up an electric guitar, ever. That's terrible the closest thing to being hardcore is the final scream on this album that sounds like it hurts my throat to hear well first of all we're talking about dashboard confessional and the record the places that you've come to fear the most we'll get there when we talk about the record but i think the best way to describe this record is that the singer of this record understands the fact that sometimes in music the singer like screams some parts of the song louder than some other parts of the song but doesn't quite understand why. So, like, you ju just screams random pieces of the song. Your hair. Like, it literally has a part where it's just like, you have to choke and die, and that part is not screamed, but then a random verse later in the song is screamed. And it's very weird. This is going to be a strange one all around. Anyhow, does any of you have any prior experience with Dashboard of the Confessional? I knew they existed. I had heard the one single off of this album. I, too, knew that they existed. Did you hear the one single off this album before this? I don't even know which song is the single. <laughs> Screaming Infidelities. Hmm, probably not. Good. Do we want to talk about the history of Dashboard at the Confessional? If we must. I think we want to just because we don't have much to say about the music. <laughs> yep. We don't have much to say about the history either, so let's go. <laughs> Yeah, the history for this band is as thin as Callista Flockhart. So, Chris Caraba was in a bunch of bands in the 90s while working as a special ed teacher. And notably, as the 2000s approached, he was in Further Seems Forever, a name that, during the research, I kept re misreading as Fuhrer Seems Forever. Oh, no! Oh, no. I, 
think they might have an album somewhere on our spreadsheet. We need to check that. Yes, uh, I am 99% sure they're on a spreadsheet at some point. Not more of this guy. <laughs> Maybe it's just everyone else keeping him tamped down. Maybe he has energy. I don't know if the album on this spreadsheet has this guy in it, because this started initially as a side project for him. He was going some rough times, writing some songs, and eventually this will turn into his first LP, which is uh, the Swiss Army Romance, and that will be released through Fiddler Records. But moving on, he will live for their sim forever, so maybe there's some of the later albums on our spreadsheet. Yeah, if you want to check that, I'll go through the brief history of Fiddler Records, because that's a weird one. Fiddler Records is basically... What if a Zoe Deschanel Manic Pixie Dream Girl character started a record label in a movie? I'm not even kidding here, because Fiddler was started by a 16-year-old entrepreneur named Amy Fleischer Madden in 96. It breaks out a bunch of different bands, including Dashboard Confessional, Newfound Glory, The Bled, The Hire, Juliet and the Licks, Name Taken, Recover. Alright, this starts up because she is, again, a 16-year-old promoter of clubs who then invests in a 7-inch by one of the people who will be in Dashboard Confessional, Chris Caraba. This proceeds to start the label up with that release... She then gets Newfound Glory, who, of course, we know exist. Then the Swiss Army romance happens, and this proceeds to push them even further. So they decide not to pull a ZTT, and instead of putting everything they have behind Dashboard Confessional, like ZTT did with Frankie Goes to Hollywood, they basically go, we're going to sell everything we have of Dashboard, and then they are going to get taken from us by MCA Records' drive through Records, so they can actually get a push. Fiddler then uses this to piggyback into being a subsidiary of MCA for a bit, who are folded into Geffen the year after, which then ends up splitting them off later, where Fiddler gets killed in 2006, and they literally closed the label with the website saying, Gone Fission. Fiddler no longer exists in the physical nor the metaphysical world. Thanks for the postcards. We're all out of cats. <laughs> Jesus. Sure. This is not the end of this tale, because then, three years later, Animal Manufacturing Company is started by Amy, which takes the licenses of everything that was on Fiddler, and this is a company that basically doesn't exist. Their website is now just a merch store through a third party, and they have a Facebook that is clearly just Amy writing things every so many years when she remembers to log in. Uh, the last post by Animal Manufacturing Company was two and a half years ago, and it talks about how volcanoes are sometimes active or dormant, but And then it just goes into a whole thing about how a band that they had signed under them is gone, but also going to do something, and nothing ever since. This was the first thing that was written to the account in two years after that. For what it's worth, I am legitimately surprised Amy Fleischer Madden has not gotten a 
movie or biopic about her weird little life written, because apparently after she closed down Fiddler, she just went to work in the advertising industry and segued all of her weird career into rising up the ranks quite fast. She's since written a novel, and as much as I am making fun of her and the fact that she seems like a character who would be in a bad 2000s movie played by Zoe Deschanel, she, you know, she completely exists, she's clearly got some competence to her, and I give her credit, she has done way more in half my life than I definitely did, even if I would be willing to bet she probably got a kickstart from uh, someone in the family who had money to give her that initial pump. That's quite interesting. That is. I have never heard a story like this that doesn't involve, after a loan of my first $10,000... <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's, that's Fiddler Records. Uh, they are still out there if you should want to look things up. And they straight up had only 27 releases over their 10 years of life. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting history. Also, I checked, yes, the further Sim Forever records that we have on our spreadsheet are post-2004, so definitely they do not feature Chris Carabba in them, which will leave the band soon in the 2000s. Yeah. But yeah, as I was mentioning... After Further Sims Forever records their first album, but before they actually release it, Karabat leaves the band to focus on the side project Dashboard Confessional, which at this point is still pretty much a solo project for him. Fiddler Record, as you mentioned, sells the right of the Swiss Army romance to drive through record, as they were struggling to keep on with demands for the record, because Swiss Army romance apparently was a fairly successful record. Drive through at this point tries to sign Dashboard Confessional, but Carabba doesn't really like the label, has some doubts about Drive through being a good fit for them, to which Drive through responds by threatening him to pull the records from shelves if he didn't sign with them. Carabba uh, sticks to his gun, to his credit, decides to sign with Vagrant Records instead. Do you remember them? They were the label that the Get Up Kids saved from Oblivion. And, and yeah. This basically means that their successful record was off the shelf because you don't you don't play with drive through they will shank you in the night if you don't sign with them <laughs> and uh, and yeah they needed to record a new record because how else will they make money and then they made this and then they made this uh which a lot of tracks on this are also on their first record oh i see Chips will fall as they may But it's not just my finish that's peeling And it's not alone fleeing these walls Well, sooner or later this gold It's gonna break so our hands will be warm again This is like the skeleton of what an actual band would release. He has... Two other people on it with a single uh, woman coming in for backup vocals on one track. But I'm convinced at least one song on this record is nothing but Karaba in a room with a guitar. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, nominally those two people are Dan Bonbray on bass and Mike Marsh of the agency on drums. The producer is James Paul Wisner, who worked with some previous Coraba projects. And there's not actually much to say in terms of production. A single won't be released until 2002 with Screaming Infidelities, which gets a video and all, but it doesn't really get mainstream play. It will get extensive alternative radio play, though. So, Pixar 22 on the alternative charts. Yeah. My new favorite game on this show is looking up some of the producers who become like linked with acts like this on his own page james paul wisner's select discography is this dashboard album a lot of under oath albums um 238 and then we start getting into latter day newfound glory and glass eater yep yep this sure happened. Also, I'm pretty sure at least three of the random people by the end of this uh, list are just Christian bands. Let's find out. <laughs> Blessed by a broken heart. Feel the power. Yeah, if that's not about Jesus, I don't know what is. There's a Paramore record. Yeah. One. Yeah, there is actually some more meaty after the record here, because this record will not actually garner any success up until next year, 2002. But let's go into the record. Also, there's a single single. It comes out next year, and it's uh, the biggest joke on the album, Screaming Infidelities. <laughs> Are you sure that's the biggest joke? Because I have many jokes about this album. Oh, I have a lot of jokes to make, but Screaming Infidelities is a track I put on last week when we were prepping for this, right after our last recording, and one of my partners walked out of the room within a minute. <laughs> I don't blame them. So this is our painful realization that all is gone wrong and nobody cares at all. And no But yeah, this record starts with the brilliant bands. It's not brilliant. It turns out this song is about depression. <laughs> Only this one? This song is about depression, and the next song is about depression, and I don't think The Best Deceptions is about depression, but This Ruined Puzzle is about depression, and... <laughs> you think this might be an emo album? No, because an emo album would imply actual emotion. Oh, good point. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> there is no emotion on this album whatsoever. This is the archetype of every stereotype about emo being a whiny dipshit in black looking at his feet. But, but Fletch, he screams sometimes. Isn't that emotion? Listen, I cannot differentiate any of these songs from each other because it's all just... Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I, there are... Three tracks on this album where he raises his voice. One of them was a single. Yeah, I'm pretty sure every single track on this record has him shouting at some inappropriate time. No, because I actually kept track. The Brilliant Dance does not. The Best Deceptions does not. Uh, yeah. 
This ruined puzzle has a raised voice, but no yelling. I really did keep track of this. There are definitely a couple of tracks where I've written, this would be okay if it didn't scream, and then when I write that, he just screams. <laughs> I guess it's not it's not necessarily like screaming, it's just like he, he definitely raises his voice, but he just does it at like, there's, there's a disconnect. Like usually in a song, you raise your voice at a point where like the lyrics are appropriate. He just does it at random times. I hesitate to call this emo just because this album feels like Aliens trying to make an emo album. In that <laughs> nothing Karaba is delivering sounds like how you would get emotion out. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if Depeche Mode just read everything off in this monotone voice and you didn't quite have anything and then screams! Noted emo band of Depeche Mode, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I feel like calling them emo is more accurate than uh, Rate Your Music's uh, uh, classifications in regards to things on this podcast are, huh? Also, I bet if I look on Rate Your Music, someone will have classified them as emo. I'm gonna check. Oh, see? <laughs> see? There we go. Yep, it's on here. Dark, passionate, spiritual, emo, melodic, somber, atmospheric, religious, male vocals, introspective, nocturnal, rhythmic. <laughs> That's Songs of Faith and Devotion by Depeche Mode, reminder. Hmm. <laughs> Noted emo masterpiece, Songs of Faith and Devotion. Yeah, that's the horny one. The emo one would be some great reward. Horny is an emotion. Anyhow, The Brilliant Dance is one of the least worst songs on this record. I actually think it's a fine opener. This opener doesn't make me automatically hate the record. It's it's just like a quiet song that's clearly meant to be like an intro to the record. Uh, it's fine. I mean, it does introduce us to what to expect from the record. It does a very good job of that. Yeah, it's identical to six other tracks. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the... Like, this one is fine. I think, the, especially lyrically, the record gets a lot worse from here, but this one is oh, yeah. fine. It It's adequate. Sort of sounds like, as I mentioned, if the Get Up Kids were more whiny and didn't have money to buy instruments, or, you know, if American football didn't have anything interesting going on. Listen to American Football by American Football. It's this record, but good. You need to clarify that American Football is a band and not the sport, because saying <laughs> this is like if American Football had nothing going on reads real differently without that context. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I need for the less musically inclined people. American Football is a very well-known band in people who like emo. I'm just saying, <laughs> before that reminded me that was the name of the band, I was just thinking, what, the Washington football team? <laughs> <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars? Atlanta Falcons. Um, I have a I have a weird classification question for the two of you. Oh? Is this hip-hop? What? No. He's what? speak singing everything on this track with no sync to the beat. Does this legally count as hip hop? I don't think so. I, I feel that is um that is insistence of not rhyming anything might not make it count as hip hop. Yeah, I think it needs a little bit more rhyming in order for that to work. 
You need wordplay. Okay. All right. I guess then you are correct. This does not count. But it's terrifying that we have to specify. <laughs> it's terrifying that I couldn't come up with the counter argument on my own when I asked myself that listening to this. <laughs> it's okay, Fletch. We know you're getting old. If you want hip-hop with, like, acoustic guitars, I don't know, listen to some Nakamura Emi or stuff like that. Not to Dashboard Confessional, which... God. But as for me, I wish that I was anywhere with anyone making out. Your Yeah, this, is, this song is, is not the worst. Let's move forward to the worst. I wouldn't even consider Screaming Infidelities the worst. Has one of the funniest lines in the whole record. Oh, yes. I thought this was much more interesting when it was the only thing I knew from this part of their career, and I thought, oh, this is an exception on the album, not the whole album. We haven't described this music, which you will have heard some of it, but this is basically... Acoustic guitars, sometimes some drums and some bass, but very light. And this guy just like softly talking and then sometimes just screaming at you over this very, very sparse and minimal instrumentation on this very slow song with very little stuff going on melodically for them. It's certainly a thing. I was not joking earlier when I said... I'm sure at least one track on this record is nothing but Caraba with no drums and no bass backing. Yeah. But this one does have drumming and he does raise his voice a few times. So I thought, okay, it's just a very low energy acoustic track. Well, they're an emo band that tracks. Someone mentioned on this on the Radio Music page, which I was checking, a really good uh, a really good sentence, which is, "This is like if the one acoustic track of the record got a whole record to itself." Yeah. Yes. Like I think that if you want to have like a, a solo acoustic version of a song that is not originally like that, that can be fun and interesting. But I don't know why you'd want to just do that first off. I mean, I think there are good, you know, I'm not here this thing acoustic record. I think there are great singer-songwritery records that are just like a person and a guitar or a person and a guitar and some instrumentation. Absolutely. Oh, agreed. But this is not them. No, this is not them. You need like songwriting for make to make that work. <laughs> a nicer voice, a melody. And Caraba wrote everything on this album. Okay, I'm gonna give my recommendation here. Listen to, for an acoustic record. Listen to uh, Life on Earth by Tiny Viper. It's an absolutely depressing record. It's, it includes like a song that's more than 10 minutes long and it's just like very slow and plodding and it's just like some guitar and some strings. It's great and it's pretty much like in this vein, it's like a person singing, singing with the guitar and some sparse instrumentation, but it has wonderful some writing, 
really somber tone, really depressing, really dark. There's emotion? Oh, yeah. The, no. Well, it's, very, it's delivered very flat, but it, that's, a, that's a beauty to it. You can deliver something flat and still have emotion, though. Yeah. Karaba can't. But you can do that. The thing is, like, Karaba is trying very hard to have emotion on this record, and it's failing. The flat delivery is not intentional. It's not creating, like, a depressing, somber tone. It's going for, like, the big emo vocals and failing thoroughly at them because they are not well-placed in the record. More than ever, I do understand the phrase, it feels like an alien trying to X in his delivery of human emotion. But let's talk about the hilarious lyrics on this track. So the theme of this track, and the theme of a lot of the tracks next, it will be, I am sad because my GF broke with me and now we I no GF. This is sad because no GF, the album. So huh. here's one of my favorite lyrics. And sit alone and wonder how you're making out. But as for me... I wish that I was anywhere with anyone making out. But as for me, I wish that I was anywhere with anyone making out. And I'm not messing up the beat. That's how that comes <laughs> off. That is a spot on impression. Yeah. The one that kills me, because I knew that was going to be your favorite, Ellie. But the actual closing to the song makes me laugh so hard because it is simply your hair it's everywhere screaming infidelities and taking is where that's it over and over that's how the song closes and then he just starts yelling it in the middle <laughs> your hair he owns a barber shop that's the point of the song I mean, yeah, I guess his girlfriend might have been losing her hair. That's, like, tragic, but, like, he didn't need to, like, bring that up in the song. <laughs> I don't know why the hair is screaming infidelities, but sure. Oh, yeah. This song is unintentional comedy gold from start to finish. Yeah, I don't know this album is. I love so much how dumb all of this is yeah this is this was the single it's not a good album but it's a good album to listen to if you want to laugh the video features the Breaking Bad guy yeah Aaron Paul before he was Jesse yep Oh. before none of us knew what Jesse was talking about in a diner Speaking of uh, things that failed but had high hopes, let's talk about the best deceptions. I heard about your regrets I heard that you were feeling sorry I heard from someone that you wish you could set things right between us Guess I should have heard of that from you. I guess I yeah, bitterbreakup.mp3. Yep. You're cheating on me, but I bet you will miss me when I, we break up. <laughs> uh, this is the last long track on the album, by which I mean over four minutes. Everything else is three or under, mostly two. 
Yeah, mercifully this album is 30 minutes total for like 11 tracks. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, that was my favorite thing about this album. I was like, oh, how long is this going to be? Oh, only 29 minutes? Thank God. It feels like a regular length album, though, because these tracks are so slow and famey. This was about the point where I realized that if you have the kind of music player that lists a track right before the name of the album, every one of these sounds like a light novel. <laughs> the best deceptions, the places you have come to fear the most. The brilliant dance, the places you have come to fear the most. Yeah. You could do that with every track on this album. It's great. I wish more emo albums sounded like bad light novel jokes. The places you've come to fear the most. The places you've come to fear the most. It's true. This has a very weird bridge, because I feel it was specifically written to actually have instrumentation on it, but it's only delivered through the, um, through the acoustic guitar, so there's like... Just this guy wailing on this guitar, trying to make it like a cool rhythmic sound, but it doesn't really work. So you just, you just get this hollow like sound going in the bridge. It's really weird. Also, uh, in the continued saga of is Chris Caraba a human and not an alien, I definitely think the line... And all the best deceptions and the clever cover story awards go to you. Feels like someone who has never watched an award show in his life. Cl clever cover story. Clever cover story is... What is that? That's a machine translated line. It's, no, no, no. See, clever cover story is the award for the spy awards. Yeah, and you could have like you could have used best actor award here because that's a good synonym for someone who lies, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you could have stuck with best deceptions. It's clever cover story that kills yeah. me every time. Yeah. There's a reason why there's no spy awards. Because the Americans would sweep it every year? Because winning best genocide doesn't quite work on your resume? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hey, I didn't take that job in the end. <laughs> Anyhow, this ruined puzzle. But I've hidden a note. It's pressed between pages that you want to find your way back. It says, does he ever get the but what if the pages stay pressed, the chapter's unfinished, the story's too dull to unfold? Does he ever get the girl? Just don't spill your orange juice on it, bro. It's not, it's not difficult. I thought this was the JRPG song myself, because that's how every freaking Tower of Hanoi goes for me. He keeps saying, um, I, I get nothing in this record, and I keep thinking, you get nothing, you lose. Good day, sir. Because you're gone, I get nothing. So you get nothing, you lose. Good day, sir. Yeah. Yep. There we go. That's a much more fun game to think of this album as. Every single child rejected by Willy Wonka walking away and taking their own warped lesson from the experience. <laughs> yep. 
I also have one of the best bits in the record, which is the backing vocal going, does he ever get the girl? As a question, which just yeah. sounds like it's a, suddenly a musical with all the cast going, does he ever get the girl in the background? That's the Oompa Loompas in the background. Yeah. <laughs> the, the answer is no, he doesn't, aside in that one track where they're miserable together. So the neat thing is, this was one of my favorite tracks on the first listen because I thought, oh, this one has more emotion than most. And since the first listen, I have replaced my dying phone. And now I can hear, oh, the backing vocals in the parts I thought were emotion were the other guy in the band. That's why I thought he had more range. He does not have the range, sweetheart. Nope. I know that now. Also, I should probably hear have a lot less incredibly weird um, things that the two of you go, what the hell is that? Whenever I bring it up now, because I have a phone with better audio. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sweet. Next song. This is where I say I've had enough. No one should ever feel the way that I feel now. A walking open wound. Trophy display of bruises And I don't believe that I'm getting any better Any better Waiting here with hopes the phone will ring And I'm thinking awful things Pretty sure that few would notice And this apartment is starving for an argument Anything at all to break the silence Wondering this house That is fair, again all of the songs sound the same, so I'm not gonna describe each of them because every time I will be going, it's an acoustic song with sometimes quiet vocals and sometimes screaming. Yep. Um, so I did actually have some energetic notes about our next track, Saints and Sailors. This is probably the best song in the record. I'd have to agree. Oh, that was not where I, that was not where I went with it. <laughs> I mean, it's not good still, but... <laughs> yeah, but the, there is something going on. It's a bit more energetic. It has some American football noodling on the guitar. Again, American football by American football is a better record than this, but definitely some inspiration there. The chorus is inexistent. It's not, it's not there. Like, they note it as a chorus in the, in the genius annotation, but there's no melody there to hang on, but... It's like sad bare naked ladies. Like once you get a bit more energy in this record, it just sounds like emo bare naked ladies, which uh, I'm not into. But which where were you going, Fletch? Uh, my three notes in order are: oh, they found drums again, energy, holy shit, and very incel vibes, holy shit too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Wandering this house like I've never wanted out, and this is about as social as I get now, and I'm throwing away the letters that I'm writing you, because they would never do. I would never do. Never. Yeah. And then there's a whole bit about how, you know, you you smile like a saint, but you curse like a sailor, and your eyes say the joke's on me, which is some very put-that-pussy-on-a-pedestal writing about women. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> and this album is clearly that bad because this is still the best song on the album. 
Yep. It's not my pick for best song, but I do give it props because it does have an actual energy to it that is on barely anything else. Yes. I like the noodling. I like noodling. I like... This one is an acoustic guitar, so it's less cool, but... You know, noodling makes songs better. Um, you know, I will give you that point. I was going to try and think of a counterexample, but it's like, eh, if I can't come up with one, no, I guess I concede. Yeah. Noodles are tasty. Mm. The incredibly low blow that I held back from saying is, of course the Italian would love noodling. Yes. First of all, it's spaghetti. It's not noodle. Those are two different things. <laughs> oh, Ellie. Thank you for not digitally punching me for that joke. The next song is The Good Fight. Which is a very good lawyer show, but not a very good song. Uh, this song opens with Consider the Odds. Consider the Obvious. The matter is meaningless and the campaign has died. Which just makes me think this guy has a Christ complex because, like, his Jeff lived him, which is impressive. He's a matter because he went through a breakup. <laughs> This is just what happens if you play a placebo song slow. <laughs> oh, God. To make it slower. <laughs> I beg you not to go. I begged you. I pleaded. That's, that always goes well. Just look as tiny and pathetic and beg the, your partner not to go, and they will not want to break up with you. I don't know. There's a whole war metaphor that this uh, song draws. It's very bad. I... <sighs> I think that the ideas on this song, like, first of all, it's a bit more energetic and the, that whole metaphor could have worked in the hands of a better songwriter. Like... But it wasn't. <laughs> it, it wasn't. Like, I could see, like, if Bright Eyes wrote this, I could see this being a good song. Like, if someone who actually has some songwriting chop wrote this, it could actually be good, but it's not. So... Hmm. Or with a more talented vocalist you could get something good out of this song. Because again, I think part of this chorus is the ultimate case that Brian Molko could record this as a placebo song. Hope has sprung a perfect dive, a perfect day, a perfect lie, a slowly crafted monologue conceding your defeat. I don't think that sounds that much like placebo. <laughs> I can't get as nasally as Brian Molko can. <laughs> Also, did I ever tell you that Placebo had what is probably my favorite concert t-shirt ever? Oh, ho! It was around the era of the bitter end, and they had a shirt for each member of the band, which simply said, I slept with X and all I got was this lousy ballad. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. That is incredibly good, and I found those hilarious and wish I had bought one. However, they were $50. Oh, yeah, band merch. Yep. Expensive. Yep. <laughs> Probably because they had to make one for each member of the band, and that rang up some costs. Hmm. 
Any anything else to say about the good fight? It's not good. No, I I really do think it's it feels the most like another band would have recorded it at some point, and yet nothing says that it was ever covered, like some of their tracks. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, let's go back into like slow and sad and whatever. Let's not, but we have to, so. Well, those are the standard lines for Dashboard Confessional. Yay! He said the title of the song. But your taste still lingers on my lips Like I just placed them upon yours And I starve I starve for you But this new diet's liquid And dulling to the senses And it's crude But it will do He does scream on this one. I did write down that he screams. This sort of continues the theme of, like, the most pathetic way to take a breakup. I have a question. Is it supposed to be bold-faced lies or bald-faced lies? It started out as bald-faced, and then in the late 20th century, bold-faced got into the game, and it was used to describe more brazenly rude types, but then it just sort of became an interchangeable thing. Can I mention the worst line of this this song? Sure. Absolutely. So he's doing a whole like food metaphor for his relationship, which is still like, if you're not a great songwriter, don't do that. That goes to both <laughs> places. Uh, so it's okay. So the setup is, but your taste still lingers on my lips. Okay. Like I place them upon yours. Sure. And I starve. I starve for you. Cliche, but all right. But this new diet's liquid and dulling to the senses. Don't don't mention liquid diets in your breakup sad emotional song. That just makes me think of diarrhea. Also, you did remind me of the other time that we have a very similar metaphor to this on the album in The Best Deceptions, which I forgot to call out for how hilarious it is. Yeah. Kiss me hard, because this will be the last time that I let you. You'll be back someday, and this awkward kiss that tells of other people's lips will be of service to keeping you away. French me, baby, so I can taste being cucked on you next time you come around. I mean... (laughs) What a writer. He might just be into that. That's a thing. Yeah, the thing that is clearly not from that song, like, I'd be more fine if the writing was like, I actually am into that, and that is something that brings me happiness. I will be fine with that writing. This is just nonsense. (laughs) That's fair. I don't know if any line on this album is more awkward as a single sentence than, and this awkward kiss that tells of other people's lips will be of service. Yeah, that 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 does sound like the Aliens Universal Translator was uh, waking out. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I have Chris Carabba and um, and uh, crap, my brain, my brain. Tim Allen, there. It's Galaxy <laughs> Quest. <laughs> but your taste still lingers on my lips, like I just placed them upon yours. It's crude, but it will do. Have Chris Carab and Tom DeLonge ever met? I bet they had Tom to talk about. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
<laughs> that is a conversation that I would blow my brains out in the middle of. <laughs> Please don't do that, Fletch. Well, don't ever lock me in a room with those two. <laughs> Noted. So, the next song is actually my favorite, but not because I like the song. This is also my favorite on the album. Which is the next one? Again, I go unnoticed. Another wasted breath. Again, it goes unnoticed. Please tell me you're just feeling tired. It's more than that. I fear that I might break. Out of touch. Out of time. Send me anything but singles that are mixed. Cause I can't read your I'm out of touch, you're out of time. Oh, wait, wrong song. Never mind. Yeah, this is the one that is definitely quoting Hall and Oates over and over. <laughs> it does say out of touch, out of time, over and over, and just like... <laughs> Specifically, they do ask, out of touch, are we out of time? There's already a song about that, dude. It's better than this song. Also, I woke up before this one because I got a Run the Jewels backed car ad before this came on, and the horns were a fucking great reminder that, like, instruments exist. <laughs> nice! This is a, another one of those songs where they remember they have a drummer, and it goes. Yeah, the second note is holy fuck actual drum rhythms in all caps on my notepad. So. You know what's weird to me? That the whole record is that feeling with not GF. And this is the only uh, song where he actually has a GF, but they're miserable together. So that was a really weird placement, because if you're following the lyrics, they're just like, oh, that's out of place. Also, this is just like a worse version of any song on the Mountain Goats, Tallahassee. <laughs> just replaced the wry wit and doomful acceptance of a horrible relationship with just like whining. And Holland Oates references. Yeah. This is the most lyrically dense track on the album, because it's two and a half minutes, but it has more lyrics than, I think, any other song. It's weird. Like, actual pacing and movement makes this feel so much more lively. Huh. I don't like this a lot, but feel free to talk about it if you like it. I think this is my favorite track on the album. The drum... The actual use of a drum as anything other than like there's beats and fills and a whole range of the set that doesn't get used anywhere else on this album. And you hear voices that change and modulate almost as if someone was not dead inside. It's lovely. And right after that, we go into probably my case for worst song on the album really yes really the title track the places you have come to fear the most is probably my low buried deep as you can dig inside yourself and covered with a perfect shell such a charming beautiful exterior Laced with brilliant smiles and shining eyes Perfect posture, but you're barely scraping by But you're barely scraping by well, This is one time well, This is one time But you can't fake it hard enough to please 
I sort of like the song. So, I have two reasons for that argument. The first two minutes of this almost three-minute track are the most flat and monotone and un... Like, it's just soul-suckingly dry. And then in the last minute, he has volume, and suddenly the track is just bad screaming infidelities without the funny lyrics. Okay, so my counter-argument is that I actually really like the first two minutes. Like, I like that this actually went full minimalist. I like that there's... Uh, for most of, for 90% of the track, there's no screaming. The instrumentation is really, really sparse. It's just the guitar. I like that the lyrics are not specifically about being depressed because no GF is just as a, it's just more about a general sense of malaise. I don't think this is a great song, but I would I would actually really like this song if it didn't have the screaming at the end. I think the screaming at the end ruins uh, what's like a fairly decent subdued like tiny quiet track. And I am into that stuff. I can be into that stuff if the lyrics are not awful and if like there's some decent songwriting and if there's a consistent tone. So up until the screaming, I was really liking the track. I think the screaming at the end is just like, uh, okay, we're doing that again. I think I would probably be kinder on it if it cuts sooner or without the screaming. I think you're right there, but it just instantly turns into Screaming Infidelities Part 2, and part of why that track works for me is how farcical all the writing is there, and this is what if we did that, but we don't want to giggle this time. Yeah, that's fair. This song reminds me of the uh, alien emo equivalent of Hey There Delilah for some reason. Oh, that's not a bad comparison. No, it isn't. Although, again, Hey There Delilah is still a degree above this in terms of emotion. Oh, yes. Which is why I said alien emo. It's not actual emo. It's like what aliens think emo is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid that there will be a lot of this stuff moving forward. It can't be this bad again, can it? We can only pray. I'm gonna save the sound bite. <laughs> What's the next song? The last song. This bitter pill. And this bitter pill is leaving you with such an angry mouth. One that's void of all discretion. Such an awful tearing sound. With its measure only hateful final power of my stare. Glaring over you and over you. This feeling of despair is now. Surprisingly, given the rest of the content of this record, the bitter pill is not the red pill. Only because they don't know what that is yet. No, no, like as far as I'm aware, Chris Carabba is not like some uh, crazy 
weirdo on the internet at the moment, so, you know, he only doesn't know how to take a breakup, according to this record. I'm gonna find his social media presence and see how cursed this is. Oh, hey, he apparently uh, suffered a motorcycle crash earlier this year, so... Alright, you're off limits for now, Karaba. Oh, also, apparently his family is cursed because while they were wrapping up an album at one point, his sister was in a car accident, too. Ouch. Oh, jeez. Oh, my dude is only 5'5". Five five. Ouch. This explains everything. <laughs> hey. <laughs> These are some very 5'5 five five lyrics. Hmm. <laughs> Sledge, how tall are you? I'm six feet. Oh. Yeah, okay. I guess you have to die then. <laughs> I'll be the first against the wall when you get a stepladder. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyhow this bitter pill is this one actually hurt me to listen to yep the fact that the screaming is where it is is just kind of yeah so like, the, the the thing that made me formulate the alien theory is that here like the, the song starts very quietly and the end of the first verse just goes swallow, choke, and die, which sounds like a line that you would scream because that's like a strong, angry, hurtful line. But instead of screaming there, they scream, The bottle is waiting, the cap is twisted. Yeah, they, they, they start screaming at the beginning of the next chorus, so why? That's not how humans, that's not how screaming works in songs. I feel like you're going to cut it in just at least a little bit because it cannot be stressed enough. It sounds like you can hear his throat tearing. It's that volume. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do a lot of voice work. I go up and down over and over on different recordings. I've been known to spike a mic, but this makes me hurt to listen to. Look, I can like a uh, singing that sounds like the singer is like destroying its throat. I think that has a place, but you need... Hardcore punk? Yeah. Yeah, you need stuff to support that. Like, you need instrumentation, you need, like, a, a mood going on. This is just like some lyrics you don't even need lyrics with enough force yeah if you have like good instrumentation like good mood going on this just sound like there is guitar on this record but it may as well be like standing in the street screaming because the, the guitar don't really matter in most of the song the drums don't really matter it's just about his voice it sounds kind of like what happens when you uh, 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 have a guy standing on one corner screaming about his life, and on the other corner you have someone busking with their acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it is mixed, like, the voice is mixed higher than everything, so it's just like, you might as well not have the instrumentation here. This is just a guy screaming. Yeah, you're standing on the corner with the dude screaming. <laughs> the guitar's kitty corner. 
So interestingly enough, I went to see because we're talking about how this this sounds so flat and like more than a few times it sounds like there's no guitar instrumentation. I went, let's look at their next album and see if anything changes there. But between this release and their next full album, they did an MTV Unplugged set. And among the notes on that, this is the first time Dashboard Confessional performs the tracks and there's seven listed as a full band, unlike the ones on their original albums, which feature only Chris Caraba, sometimes with John Leffler. So yes, we are just openly confirming more than a little of this is just him in a room with a mic. Also, I would like to note the best a lyric from this song, which is, And this bitter pill is leaving you with such an angry mouth. I never had a pill leave me with a mouth that's angry, but sure. Yeah, I've had a cotton mouth. I've never had angry mouth. <laughs> Have you never accidentally chewed something that you thought was supposed to be chewed and then it wasn't supposed to be chewed? That makes my mouth angry. <laughs> I have put so many terrible things in my mouth over the years that it can't get angry about them. I ate the roach burrito once and that was a thing. Alternatively, maybe he's allergic to whatever it is, because like I know that my mouth gets kind of angry when I eat kiwis because I'm allergic and then like it like burns, but like I don't know. Oh, that sucks. Kiwis are great. <laughs> yeah, I know. My mouth gets angry when I eat kiwis is the new best phrase on this recording. <laughs> and it's also a much better lyric than most of what was written down here. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth gets really weird when I eat the, um, what's the name, persimmon fruit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're probably allergic. No, I'm not allergic. Like, the only the hard one, because they have, like, that weird texture. I love the, the like, squishy ones. But if they are the hard ones, my mouth gets just like, uh... Oh, uh, yeah. Uh. I only recently discovered that persimmons were, like, an actual real thing and not something they made up in video games, so... Wow. Which video game has persimmon fruits in them? Kid Icarus, almost guaranteed. I think persimmons were like a health item in Muramasa the Demon Blade. Mm. Okay. No, they're a good, they're, they're, they're real fruit. If you get the squishy one, they're delicious. They're really sugary. My grandma uh, uh, offered me some, uh, and I was like, oh, these are real? And she's like, yeah, these are the tasty ones. The other kind tastes like chalk that's sour. yeah. Yeah, where the, I assume they were the squishy ones. Yes, they were the squishy ones. They were kind of weird, but good. Food is better than this album. <laughs> yep, <laughs> definitely. But that is a close on The Places That You Will Be From, which is not the name of this album, but a much better lyric. Mm -hmm. So, final thoughts on the record. Wah, wah. It is amazing that we are over a year's worth of time like, of the music industry, into this project. And somehow, 
this is a new and exciting way for me to be disappointed by an album. Because <laughs> I've been angry at albums before. I've been bored by albums before. This is the most surgically minimalist album we've ever covered in terms of content to this date. What, what is your emotion towards this album? Bafflement. Because again, every so often it will do something so weird that I did not see coming. Like the screams on this bitter pill, or best cover story or like all these weird turns of English that would make me think Caraba was if Caraba were a foreigner, like he was a member of golden earring, I would go, Oh, that's quirky. That's, but no, as far as I can tell, my dude came from California and I don't know what in the hell his brain did that came up with these lines. This album makes me thankful because it was much shorter than the other albums that we live listened to, and if it had been as long as those other albums, I would have died. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know. This feels like an album that takes inspiration from a lot of things that I like. It seems like there's some inspiration from the Get Up Kids, some inspiration from American football. And then doesn't do anything good with them. Yeah, and it incredibly fails at having anything interesting, good, or entertaining about it. It's, as you mentioned, it's really flat. It has one topic that it talks about, and that feeling with no GF, which, who cares? And it's not even particularly good at that. It has a lot of weird lyrics. I I don't like this. Again, I pretty like the description. I really like the description of this is the one acoustic track getting a whole record to itself. And if you've listened to past episodes of this podcast, I tend to not like the one acoustic track in the record. That tends to be my low point. Really, I'm shocked. <laughs> I never noticed. Uh, my my main my main take on this is: do not let people in punk band do like singer songwritery stuff. You need specific songwriting talent through stuff like this. And people in punk bands tend to have other talents. They are better <laughs> suited for other kind of music. What's his other talent? <laughs> Screaming? I don't know. <laughs> Trying to be nice here. This one's called So Impossible. So she says... I did see an interesting thing when I found the Unplugged Albums page, because we do mention here that uh, they will get an unplugged recording and also release the video for Screaming Infidelities at the same time, and these are what really blow them up into the next year. Yep. And they also got a guitar player, which, of all the weird things, is Dan Horner from Sunny Day Real Estate, which... Uh, okay, maybe they get better. I don't know. Makes me hopeful. I like Sunny Day Real Estate. 
The interesting thing about that is Dashboard Confessional was the first band to ever play an MTV Unplugged concert who were not platinum sellers. They weren't even gold. That's just kind of a wild one. This is where the bar fell out. We will be running into them again. I'm very curious what they will sound like next time we do. But yeah, their video screaming infidelities releases together with their unplugged show around 2002. They end up winning an MTV Video Award. Remember when MTV was relevant to pop culture? I mean, Fletch remembers. Adam, do you remember when MTV was relevant to pop culture? Um, I don't know if it was relevant, but there was a summer where that was the only thing my dad would put on TV. Close enough. And yeah, basically this this is what makes the album chart. This is what boosts the, the sales, which is why I'm saying this record will only actually chart in 2002, a year from now. Especially Alternative Station will start to heavily play their single. And that's the one I heard. Yeah. The, this record will actually peak at 108 in 2002, eventually going gold around 2004. Which, for context, is a year after their next album. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, they start working on their next record, which we will see in 2003. And that is the record that launches them into pop emo superstardom, if that's even a thing. So... Things to mention if this band returns. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. The notes is blank. Yeah, for those who are playing the home game, um, we were very scant on research for these guys at this point in their career to the point that our notes simply state that we are covering band record year this week. Yeah. yeah. And they forgot to fill a couple of things that I usually fill in. Yeah, this this research is looking very depressing. Almost as, you know, as this record. At least next time they will have done something. <laughs> By the way, just to let you know, the next record will debut at number two on the Billboard chart. Oh. Which is wild. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. And I don't believe that... They could possibly make an album good enough to deserve that. Unless they really changed some stuff. I don't know, I'm curious. I'm afraid, I'm curious. But the next record we're covering is not going to get anywhere close to that in terms of success. Because next week, we'll be looking at Alkaline Trios from Here to Infirmary. Hey, it's Pong's birthday today. Oh? Huh. Yeah. Came out November 29th, 1972. Pong, the video game. Oh, Pong, gotcha. You know, I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, we don't share a birthday, but we do share a time period. Happy birthday, Pong. <laughs> also, you just dated when we recorded this. What, what, so what's the, what's the lineup here? So we have Alkaline Trio, Thursday, don't know about them, Sam 41, hell yeah, Phoenix TX, hell no, Blink-182, okay, save the day, and then we get to Jimmy at Word. Yeah, then we get to Best of 2001, Jimmy Eat World. Speaking of continuing to uh, do or not do things, 
since Elaine already gave a suggestion for a better album earlier in this episode, I will suggest that if you happen to be like me and want your music to just have a little bit of an edge to it, you might like that about a month ago, Tobacco put out their latest album, Wet Hot and Sassy, featuring a delightful single with one Trent Reznor on co-vocals. Same song, different chorus. So, this was the episode. You can find us on getoutofthistown.com. You can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. You can Twitter us at G-G-O-O-T-T podcast. You can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. You can rate and review us, especially on iTunes. That helps. Help us. And next up, as we mentioned, is the Alkaline Trio. And do you have anything to plug, Fletch? You can find all of my projects at hellscaper.com. Do you have anything to plug, Adam? I don't, but I will give a shout out to my friends Mickey and Nim, because I love them. Cool. And you can find me as always on Twitter at ACCTheMoon, or on Twitch, I've been streaming Pokemon uh, Ultramoon lately, at ActuallyTheMoon. And if you want to support us, we do not have a Patreon, but we do own a carpet cleaning business, so if you have hair everywhere, screaming infidelities, give us a call and we'll vacuum your house for you so you can get a good night's sleep. Good night. See ya. Good night. Not like I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my friend like a pop pumpkin. Get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify. Yep. Uh, time that is. Time is. Time is. This album's just all jizz. Do 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 do. <laughs> no, see, the problem is that the singer doesn't get to jizz because he has no GF. <laughs> that finger when no GF. You're out of touch. I'm out of mind.
Finch is going to be a thing. Thinking Back Sunday. I don't know who Finch is. Finch is a band that I remember giggling about. Okay. <laughs> like, Finch is someone who tries so hard to be a real band, and then they're Finch. <laughs> Like, they're not offensively bad, but, like, you're going to listen to the music and just go, ha ha, you're Finch at the end of the album. 